Hello and welcome to Game of Moans, the podcast where we are re-watching Game of Thrones an episode at a time. I am Chris Bolton. With me, as always, our very own mountain, Mr. Mark Williams. Hello. And we are up to season four, episode seven, Mockingbird. Um, fair to say both of us pretty downhearted after last week, Mark. Um, yeah, I so, think that's right. uh, you know, there's a lot of work to be done this week to turn that's it around. Right. My, my body doubles back, so it's fine. <laughs> what? My body double, the mountain, he's back. Oh, right, yes. We've yes, not seen sorry. him for about three and a half fucking years. Well, yeah, we'll get on to that when when we come to it. Because um, we haven't seen him for a long time and looks a bit different. That's <laughs> a bit, yeah. Yeah, uh, it's not the only time that's happened, but we'll get on to that when we get on to it. Um, I mean, first and foremost, though, yeah, there's a lot of work to do to win me back. And they don't convince me straight away because what the fuck is this opening? Like, after... Look, I mean, I complain a lot uh, on this show about the openings to the episodes and how they open too early and they never open in the middle of a scene. Um, And then they try and do that here, but they fucking give us this. They fade from black. Yeah. What (sighs) the... Like, how amateurish can you be? Like, (laughs) Yeah, I... I I mean, it's it's annoying this scene. This scene really did um, annoy me. I, I, I watched it lunchtime today. Um, I've had shit going on this week, so I had no chance to watch it until today. Um, and yeah, I remember jumping in. For this show should be, we've had shit going on this week. <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, that's kind of the last you know, couple of months. Um, that's the last yeah. five years of my life. So. Well, yeah, true. Um, but yeah, so I, I checked it on. I thought, all right, okay, not so impressed with last week. There was some shit that needs to be sorted out. But They've kind of given us a you know, they've given us a big end to, to work with, so now we're going to come on the back of that. And I was expecting you know, some sort of blowback from that, but as you said, they come in halfway through a scene, which is fine. The exchange between the two of them is pretty good; it's pretty solid, but technically, it's a pile of wank. Yeah, I mean, I like the scene because it's Tyrion and Jamie, and they're great as they always are. Yeah, but it is. This scene is just a lot of absolutely needless wordy exposition. That's yeah. all it is. Like it, it's you could lose this scene entirely, but we, we don't really need it. It's just a load of exposition and it's wordy. You know, yeah. I thought we kind of nailed the show don't tell thing. They've been getting very good at that this season. Yeah. Um, and yeah, props for trying to come into the middle of a scene as well. Like at least they tried, but yeah. fading up from black, really? Well, yeah, I mean, that, that's that's not a middle of the scene type of uh, move, is it? Let's be fair. That's a oh fuck, we didn't shoot an opening, is what yeah. that is. That and, is like, and again, it's it's something that we've criticised before, where they shoot too much and they show too much, and they have too many of these uh, establishing shots. They didn't even yeah, I mean, that this fucking week. I mean, here's here's a little like pull back the curtain for you listeners, for those of you that have never um, been involved in any kind of film production. I imagine some of you listening out there have, um, but. If you ever see a crossfade or a fade up or a fade out, very rare. I would say maybe 5% of the time that was boarded and intentional. Uh, yeah. And you can tell when it's intentional. You know, the wipes in Star Wars, for instance, are a good example of that. Any other time you see a scene transition like this, what that means is the director fucked up. Yeah, they the didn't get the shot. did not get the shot. It's as simple as that. Um and it's too late to reshoot it, or it's too expensive to reshoot it. This is a fuck-up, pure and simple. Um, yeah, I think that's fair. And on a show of this magnitude, that is just not acceptable, is it? No, that's right. And, and I mean, you're right. I mean, I think this scene as a whole, is, I like it because of who's in it, and it flows quite nicely. The back and forth is pretty good. But as you said, we don't need it. We've, all, no, we, we've already established throughout this season that Jamie cannot fight. Yeah. Uh, as, as he put it in this scene, he couldn't beat a big, uh, couldn't beat the stable boy. With his yeah. left hand, um, and fair play, no fair play. He's honest as Jamie usually is, um, but we don't need it. That's already been established throughout the season. He's been tra- he's been sparring with Bron, but every time he gets fucking knocked on his ass. Bron, we know, is always at Tyrion's beck and call, and if he calls him, he will come. So there's a scene later on where he arrives at the at the the cell, and they have a they have an exchange. Just have that. You don't need to set it up. It's oh maybe Bron will fight me. Bron fought me before. Maybe Bron yeah. could do it because that's Bron's only purpose in the show is to save my ass. And I yet, mean, you're right. You don't need the scene at all. Yeah, you don't it. need it. If if you wanted anything, you could have turned the scene into a whole thing about um, Jamie just basically saying, "I can't fight for you," and beating himself up over it. 
Yeah. Um, but we kind of already had everything that's here. This discussion has been had. It was had last week. Um, it's been had in the past as well. Like, it's all good. None of it, you know, the, both of them are great in this scene. And it's fine. It, it's it's a good scene, but it's utterly pointless and, yeah. and poorly handled with the opening. Um, however, there is a nice cut to the mountain. Um, and the reintroduction of the mountain is good. I, I understand why they do it. Um, you know, fine. Um, but he looks totally different all of a sudden. Well, yeah, it, it fills our sense of violence and gore quote of the week. Uh, very early on. So, you know, I mean, it's very violent. Um, yeah, it's grisly as all fuck. Um, you know, disemboweling people. Is, um, and you know, at this point, okay, we, we've we've established that he's a fucking psychopath. We know that. But who are these people? He's randomly disemboweling. Well, this is a thing. I mean, also, again, this is very. There's some clumsy exposition here. There's a there's a horribly forced exchange between Cersei and the Mountain where she says something like "Thank you for getting here so fast" or yeah or something. I, I haven't written down the exact exchange, but it it was one of those that made me do the old Esther Ranson, you know, a top lip curled back over my teeth. Yeah. It was sort of oh, that's that's some clumsy dialogue. That, um, that was horrible. But the, the lines that followed it, I quite liked. Where he says, "Who am I fighting? Does it matter?" Yeah, well, that's all good. I loved that. I thought that was great. But as yeah, it, getting to that was really bad. Again, yeah, the, if if the, we have a bit whereby the the first we no we, we they've no they have started doing the old no cutting the sound before the uh, before the uh, the visual and stuff like that. So we start off with a bit of fighting noise or whatever else. Only um, half a second. So we cut into her stepping over entrails. Yeah, and that's that's all the introduction we need. It's all fine. It's just the dialogue is horrible. And as you say, the only dialogue we need, you don't need to know where he's been. Okay, like uh, this acts as a kind of reintroduction, I guess, if you if you've missed the first season of the show, maybe because we haven't seen the mountain for a long time. But he has been a constant presence. He's constantly yeah. talked about. Yeah. So so the threat has always been there. So this introduction, as you say, would have been far more effective if it was just him eviscerating people. She steps over the entrails and then who am I fighting? Does it matter? That's all you need. You need his name. She just needs to, to to say who he is, and then he turns and says, "Who am I fighting? Does it matter?" That is it. That is all you need. Yeah, that would have done it perfectly. But you know what's here is is kind of fine, I guess. Um, it's just it it is just that dialogue is just clumsy as hell. Yeah. Um, so those are two bad things in this episode. Uh, we quickly get on to some good stuff though. Um, you know the the Arya stuff. It, yeah. It's fantastic here. Um, her whole speech about nothing is just that it's nothing. Yeah, um, it's great, really good revelatory stuff for Arya. You know, it it makes sense that she would feel this way given all the death that she's been around. She's on a vengeance mission as well. Yeah, uh, it it's great. You know, she's she doesn't believe in any kind of higher calling or any kind of higher power at this point. It's just nothing is nothing. When I end you, you're gone. Yeah, um, it's it's good. It's good stuff. Yeah, um, yeah, it's 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 um let's say it's it's a nice scene as well. And we we get more of um more of the hound. Um, I say the first couple of seasons he was a blood object. He was just there to you know, frighten and hurt people and all the rest of it. And through his relationship with Arya, we've seen him you know, become slightly more paternal. We've seen him become slightly more human. And every now and again, he lapses back. So a couple of weeks ago, he um he robbed the farmer and his daughter, um saying, "Well, they're going to be dead anyway. So what the fuck does it matter?" This week we see a bit of compassion, we see a bit of humanity from him, which um, let's say is a really nice touch, um, and it just shows a side to that character we don't often see, uh, certainly in these earlier years, and we'll see it later on uh, in in his arc. Um, but yeah, it was, it was a nice uh, nice introduction to that side of him, I thought as well. Yeah, it's a, it's a really great scene, you know, the end of it as well, and it just nicely ties everything up and puts a little ribbon on the scene as well. It comes full yeah. circle. It's it's a very very good scene. Um, yeah, although it's it's, it's this 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 is a scene where they after they kill him, the the guy comes from behind him and attacks him. Or is that the yes, one? yeah, and you get the whole uh, what's your name? Doesn't um, matter. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I can't kill him. I don't know his name. But the guy who jumps on his back and fucking tries to bite his neck. What the fuck? <laughs> Stab him in the back. Yeah, it's if you just attack him from behind, and you know there's a, there's a ransom, a bounty on him. Just stab him in the back. Cut his fucking head off from behind. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Don't, like, don't try to jump on his back and bite him on the neck. You you see yeah you see a guy of that size do you know what I mean you just take every opportunity but yeah, but yeah you this do is a scene can when he's not fucking looking yeah this this is a scene where we get the end where because they've had the discussion about the list at the start of the uh, yeah. scene and she says copy on the list I don't know the name and then when she finds him she says what's your name and then just 
stabs him with needle. Um, yeah, it's great. Yeah, so it, it's thanks stab. And it, again, it was not the whole thing. We all we all we've had every time we've seen needle is that it's not a very good sword. It's small. It's thin. It's not going to penetrate anything. But she's she's quick as a whip, and she's it's straight and it just no it just punches his heart and pops back out again like no like like a little fucking syringe like a little and, needle. Yeah, and, and it also yeah. as I say comes full circle to the start of the scene where he was showing her where the heart was. Yes, um, and then he just puts the bow on it, where he looks at her and says, "You're learning." Yeah, and um, and then she wipes the guy's blood on his own body, like uh, uh, Lamb did. Yeah, it's it's great. Lovely it's touch. A wonderful, wonderful scene. Um, really, really good stuff. Um, then we get you know more good stuff. We get we're over um, with Night's Watch, and you know the tension between Alistair and John is really starting yeah. to ratchet now, and it's it's great. Yes. Um, John having that kind of heel character to bounce off makes him a lot stronger as a hero and a leader. Um, yeah. You know, previously, although he would occasionally have a disagreement with Mormon and they'd maybe come at things from a slightly different style, he was very much being groomed. Yes. Um, so, you know, as much as we like Mormon as a leader and as a character, it makes much more sense now that that he gets kind of just rubs up the wrong way against Alistair every time he tries to do something. Um, yeah. So it's great. Although... This scene does make me laugh um, a little bit like John in his speech is literally telling them everything that is going to happen. Yeah. He literally spells out the entire attack plan, which is it made me chuckle, but it's actually it's really good. It's good drama uh, yeah. because now, you know, we're we're a few moves in front. So when all of this does come to pass, you know, if we're smart and we're switched on and we remember this has all been sort of seeded for us already we go, oh yeah john yeah. said they would do that and no one listened to him and yeah. but it, it is literally he blow by blow tell it's like he has fucking sixth sense or he yeah. all of a sudden is some super master tactician well yeah, I, was, I was going to say all of a sudden he's like a master strategist but the, th- the thing that I, I quite liked about this scene uh, so apart from uh, john and as alice are bouncing off each other is the um well, it involves the builder or the engineer or whatever he is. And says, do you would, do you think it's a good idea to flood the town? And the guy looks, and he looks as if he's just about to be smashed by a train. Yeah, because he knows what the he knows what the right answer is, but he knows what the but wrong answer is as well. Yeah, no, he, he knows what he should be saying because he knows what's right, but he knows that if he goes against Thorne, then he's fucked. Yeah, um, and again, that there's a little look, a half look he gives to John, which. Um, it was very well played off, and I thought it was really good. The thing that didn't I didn't like so much is whoever was directing the fucking extras, whoever gave the extras their timing to jeer, completely fucking missed it. I totally so, missed that. So when um, so John is doing his bits and Alistair um, uh, Thorne is coming uh, coming back at him, there's supposed to be sort of you know, a bit of laughing, a bit of cackling, a bit of jeering because you no know, John's being put in his place, sort of thing. Completely mistimed. So I don't know whether it's a track that's got that's been put on late, or whether it's just whoever was supposed to cue them forgot. Um, but yeah, just completely misses the point. I mean, I'd imagine that stuff is, is going to be on a separate track uh, at the very least, because otherwise it's going to cause all sorts of havoc with your dialogue, isn't it? Yeah. Um, but, but yeah, who knows? Completely miss fucking times. Uh, yeah, I didn't notice it. Um, but I'll yeah, maybe I was scribbling notes or something at that point. So yeah, I, I don't do notes. I just, that's why I watch it. I leave it so late to watch it so I can uh, I can try and remember. Yeah, I can't remember what happened this morning. So if I don't make notes, <laughs> this this podcast would just be like an hour of me going, what happened, Mark? Hey, what? Oh, I don't remember that. I literally, I can't remember hardly anything about last week's episode already other than I hated the end. Like, <laughs> I'm fucking useless. I have the memory, uh, like my brain is a sieve. You tell me something and it just, I retain like the very minimal amount of information. Um, I don't know why. I, I just do. <laughs> yeah, that's why they invented pens. Yeah, exactly. That's why I fucking write everything down, and that's why I'm recording everything on this podcast. Um, when I go old and senile, I can at least look back and go, "Oh yeah, that's what I used to be like." Um, so we move on to uh, Bron, as you say, um, coming yep. into Tyrion. Now look, this is a weird scene, isn't it? Um, yeah, Bron is a cell sword. I get it, um, and it does kind of feel right. Uh, the way he plays this off, like he, he's, you know, he, he brings the line up to Tyrion, which he's used before and will use again. That you know, you once told me that if anybody yeah. ever paid me to kill you, you would double their offer. Um, I'll, I'll Tyrion's response, to be fair, was brilliant. What do you want? Two wives and two castles. Yeah, I um, fair again, that's fair. Play. The, I think the scene is. I, I think the scene is great. You know, and and they're always good together. And I actually think the scene is very well executed, and they just about managed to pull this off. For me, it's just that I, I feel like initially 
whilst I get all of Bronze motivation, and this doesn't feel like the kind of character 180 that we get from people all the time, you know, because you can see that he is conflicted, but ultimately yes. he's he's following the coin, and that and that's that's true to who he is. Um, well, it's, it kind of starts that way, but as the scene goes on, he's like, well, say I did fight him, you know, I'm I'm probably going to lose. I might beat him, but if I don't, he's going to fucking take my head off. And that's where they pull it back because yeah. I actually started writing a note and changed direction mid-course because I've started writing that, you know, Bron is a sellsword and I get it, but he just seems very quick to turn on Tyrion. It's like he comes to the scene and goes, yeah, I'm not fucking doing it because Cersei's giving me all of this shit. Yeah. Um, and I, th- I think if that was just what it was, I don't think he would give a fuck. I no, think he'd just I, I go, think oh, well, be. whatever. Yeah. But because it's, it's the man he's kind of going, you know what, there's, there's one person I wouldn't, I mean, I, no, as, I, no, as Bron, I'll chance my arm against anyone. But this motherfucker's going to eat my arm. Yeah, I, I think if he genuinely thought he could win, I think he would fight for Tyrion because yes. I think in the long run, he knows that Tyrion will come out on top because he knows that's who Tyrion is. Um, but, you know, again, they do a great job here of just selling this as an unwinnable fight. Like Tyrion is up against an insurmountable odds here. Yeah. The mountain's a fucking monster. Mm. Um, having well, said oh, yeah, all of that, um, having said all of that, I do think maybe this is one for the other show i reckon bron could take him because he's already when he starts talking about it he already knows the tactic he already knows oh i dance around i wear him down he's he's dirty enough and he's smart enough and he's agile enough that i think he could take him down i think he'd give him a run for his money i don't know i mean the thing the thing we don't know we've never seen him fight at this point we've we've seen him get a couple of random fucking strangers who aren't armed earlier in the episode but we've not really seen him fight apart from that have we no. Apart from when he's having, he's having the, um, he's jousting with uh, Loras Torral and then he, he's um, fighting the Hound. But again, we don't see much of him. But the way it's, he's always sold as, yes, he's he's the size of a fucking planet, but he's also really, really quick. And for a person that size, you don't expect it. And it's kind of like this, the episode of The Simpsons where Homer becomes a boxer and he um, he fights the Mike Tyson ripoff. Um, and his tactic is always, I'll just, you know, I'll let them punch themselves out because I can take a beat in. I'll let them punch themselves out. And then they'll get tired and I'll just not breathe on them and they'll fall over. Um, and then he goes up against the actual professional box and that doesn't happen. He doesn't punch himself out. And that's the thing here is that the way that the mountain's always sold, he's not going to punch himself out. He'll just keep on fucking going. I I think it's not so much that he's going to... It's not so much that he's going to keep on going. Sooner or later, when you're that size... You're going to hit something, peak, aren't you? At peak physical conditioning, even when you're that size, like you you will just blow up eventually. Like he's he's carrying so much weight that he will blow up compared to Bron. That that's just that's basics. That's biology. You know, yeah, yeah, his well, muscles will work that much harder because they're carrying that much more load. Yeah, um, he, well, he mean, will blow it's, up. It's it's not a case of no. He's he's the big fat guy down the pub that's to throw his weight around. No, he's it's it, it's not it, it's not going to be a case of he's going to blow up pretty damn quickly because he's because he's big and he's overweight. No, no, no. He's he's he's, he's in he's condition. Good. He's in shape. There's yeah. there's no doubt about it. You so know, I mean, it's going to take him long to blow. And the the longer you're in that fight for, the less you know, the less chance you've got away you've got you've got of getting away unscathed and being able to dance around without taking a couple of blows. And once you take one, that slows you down. And I think it does. given the size and the reach and all the rest of it, given that you know he, he I mean, we've not seen you know, we've not seen too much evidence of it, but allegedly he is you know, ridiculously fast as well as being you know, half a giant or whatever the fuck he is. Um, so yeah, I think I think you know, Bron has a very good point. I think Bron has sort of convinced himself that that's how this fight will go. That he might be able to do it, but if he if he fucks it up, he gets one. No, he he makes one mistake, mm. and his head's coming off. Yeah, and, and I think that's yeah, and as a cell sword, that's kind of a big thing. Like you you're not you're never paid enough to die. No, and you kind of need your head to keep on living. Um, exactly. But yeah, no, I I think that's a fair assumption. I. I I think he's capable of taking him, but yeah, I think you're right. It's a case of it would probably be the toughest fight he's ever had, and it's one of those where one mistake yeah, will over. will cost you your life because you you only need to take one blow from from the mountain really. But yeah, I I think he'd, he'd have a shot. Um, I, think, I think he'd have a shot. I think he'd have more than a, more of a shot than he thinks. You definitely, he definitely would. Um, he's but smart I think enough. That's part, yeah, I think that's part of the problem is that he's thinking about it too much. Mm. I mean, he's scared, is what he is. Yeah, he's scared. Oh, I can't fucking blame him either. Yeah. So, but yeah, I think the scene is great. The, the scene between the two of them is very bittersweet. You know, they they are acknowledging that this may very well be the last time that they see each other. Yeah. Um, and they well, part on good terms with yeah, no hard feelings. I can't really take Bron seriously when he's dressed in fucking bright colours and this big swishy blue cape. 
No, doesn't look like him at all, does it? No, that's um, ridiculous. No. But it, it is very nice, particularly, you know, Tyrion, just being Tyrion and being the bigger man, um, yeah. you know, despite his size and his stature, he's always the bigger man. And it's a case of, well, it's OK. I, I understand why you're doing yeah. this. Uh, it's, it's good. It's a very good scene. Um, we even get some good stuff with Danny next. Um, the chemistry between her and the new Dario, I think, is is fantastic. The, the two of them together are great. Um, I've already made my feelings known about him. I think he's a he's an excellent actor, not just in this. Um, he's also in Haunting of Hill House, which he's fantastic in. Mm. Um, but he's just so fucking charming, isn't he? He's so yes. much better than the last Dario. Well, um, that's the thing. I think if you put if you had the last the last guy who played Dario doing this season with the you know, all the extra work he's got, all the extra you know, the extra scenes he's got, and where he does have to be fucking charming and no, completely disarming of Danny. The other guy wouldn't have been able to pull it off. He's like a fucking plank. Yeah, exactly. And he's he's so good. And and the scene itself is it's kind of just a bit knockabout. Um he's he's just asking to get his teeth sunk into something really, which is all fine and it's good stuff for his character as well. But yeah. what I really like about it is that it's good to actually see a woman really take the aggressor role in the show here. Like Danny takes charge of the scene. Take off your clothes. Yeah. She takes charge here. She's not the object all of a sudden. He is. And that's the first time that's really happened. I mean, we've seen uh, Marjorie kind of wield sex as a weapon, but she's never really been aggressive about it. It's more girly and sultry and seductive. Um, Danny flat out here just says, yeah, get your kit off, mate. I'm up for it. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's it's an interesting evolution because, I mean, you look at um, Danny where we started, and she was very much the object. Um, and then you know the episode with Drogo, where one of the one of the the Harim teaches her at the fuck, and she goes off and fucks Drogo. And rather, so rather than being eight, raped eight ways from Sunday, she actually no, they actually fuck, mm. and that changes their relationship. And it's almost like she that that's sort of the start of a path for her, whereby all of a sudden she realizes, okay, well I don't have to just be an object. I'm not just here to be fucked. I'm, I can still be a person, which you know, lo and behold, women are. Um, and yeah, it's 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 come to a point now where, as you said, now she is now taking that dominant role. Um, part of it is because of the position she occupies, not because she is, you know, the, she's a oh, she's a self-titled queen. She's you know, she's a ruler of however many places it is now. Um, and and yeah, she's in a position where she can actually be the authority, the authority figure, the the um, sort of dominant dominant side of it. And it's something that for her character, it's 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 a good move because she's never had that before. She's not even even when she's tried her bloody hardest to get all these things done. Okay, not from a sexual point of view, but no, she tried to free um, Yunkai, and it, it, no, it was fine while she was there. But then as soon as she left, it went wrong. She tried to free Marine, and it kind of went wrong. So you know, it's it's there's an aspect of her life she can actually still be in control of, and I think it's probably the only thing she's going to have for quite a while. Yeah, um, but it, it is it is it's nice to see her actually. It's nice to see any woman in this show. Let's be fair actually taking charge and we will start to see more of that as these seasons progress now not just with danny but with other characters as well but it's yeah, nice think, to see that starting to come through well the thing is, i mean we, we all, we've always had it with cersei cersei has been it from the start um cat yeah. kind of ended in and out of being in control and being completely fucking useless um and yeah cersei's kind of been neutered by tywin and cat's dead so it's they they needed to move that on and have somebody in that in that position. So I think that it's natural, given the way the story is going to go and the, the way it's going to pan out the next couple of years, that it it would be Danny. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, so that's all good. Um, and then the very next scene, Melisandre is completely naked for no good reason, other than she seems to spend a lot of time naked. Really. Yeah. And um, does she? I mean, does she need to be in the bath necklace. here? Well, you know? no, that, that's it. Um, it's. It's entirely pointless. It's enti- you know, the, the only purpose is to titillate, but they kind of fuck up because she doesn't have a magic necklace on. Yep, you've, I've got that as a note as well. So you spotted that as well, then. Yeah. Um, that's and, that's a pretty big fucking error. That. Well, the, the, yeah, and I mean that. I mean, I'm, I'll, we'll go into it. I think it's the beginning of season six, and then late in season eight that this this becomes important. But yeah, you know, it's. Her whole, no, her whole speech in the scene is about everything. No, most of the stuff that she does is smoke and mirrors because once, no, she does what she does to hook people in, and then they kind of go on their own path, and they'll get it or they won't. Um, and yeah, it's 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 a kind of a, a nice capture of her, her whole character is that it's all kind of an illusion. And let's so say this fucking necklace thing—it's just a key part of that. I I like the scene. 
Um, and I've mentioned this before, you know, when we get to peel layers back on Melisandre, I actually find it to be a very interesting character. There's a lot going on with her. Yeah. Um, and she's not, despite the way she can sometimes be depicted, she is not evil. Um, she wholeheartedly believes in what she's doing. Well, yeah, th- this is it, though. It, it's, um, it's not fanaticism, but it's very much a devout belief. Yes. And then, you know, she, her, her main power, I think, is that she gets people to follow. And yes. then that's where the, that's where the zealots and the fanatics come from is the people who follow her because they believe so blindly. And I say, no, we we have it with Stannis. Um, uh, Davos hasn't really drank the Kool Aid. He's not really buying into it, but he's he's there because he you know he believes in Stannis. And um, the fact that this woman has a different approach is, is irrelevant because she believes in Stannis and they want the same thing. They you know on the surface of it, they want him on the on the Iron Throne. So yeah, she no, she's kind of she's one of these characters who you can kind of take her or leave her in terms of whether you like her or not. But I think what she does, she does have a very unifying effect on the people around her. And yes. whether it's with the group of people she's with now or when she moves on to other people later on. Um yeah, sorry, spoilers. Um, but you know, she people do follow her, people do rally around her because she, apart from being a very beautiful woman, she's very she's very charismatic, she's very captivating, and she sells people something they want to hear. And then they kind of take it from there. So I, I, I like, I like elements of her character. There's some bits. I mean, the, the whole Lord of Light thing. I think it's kind of pointless anyway. Um, but yeah, and certainly this scene with oh fuck, what's her name? The actress who plays Stannis's wife. I can't think of a fucking name. Um, but she's again, she's very good in it as well because she's awkward, she's clumsy, she's human. When um, she confronts her about, or she confronts Melisandre about sleeping with with Stannis. She has to remind herself that anything anything done in the service of the Lord is not a sin. And it's like, I, I know it's bullshit, but I have to tell myself it because I can't afford to go off on one. Because if I go off on one against this woman, Stannis is going to put me in a fucking tower or kill me. And it's, she, there's a very human side to her, which we don't often see because she she's presented as being backcrack crazy most of the time. And again, yeah. it's just this very nice, very normal, very human, very jealous side of her, which she's never allowed to exercise. Yeah, I I like any time these two have a scene together. It's um it's Tara Fitzgerald, by the That's way. That's it. I knew um, it was Tara something. I I I, I, I once yeah. it was um uh, the 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 one who died the the one who was famous for being famous. I can't fucking remember her now. Um, but yeah, um, I was. Jesus Christ! I said not like ten minutes ago that my memory's bad. Like, <laughs> I, I, yeah, I haven't had enough drink this week. Uh, yeah, me either. Maybe that's the problem. Uh, that's I'm, I'm sober for a change. There's blood in our alcohol system. Um, but yeah, it's Tara Fitzgerald. Um, I like any scene these two have together. You know, I, I loved the incredibly awkward dinner scene a couple of weeks ago. Yes. Um, and, and yeah, I, I like the awkward dynamic between them. As you say, she knows full well that she needs Melisandre to be doing what she's doing in yes. order to survive. It's as simple as that. Um it's yeah it's it's great i love the dynamic between them and as i say i like melisandre as a character as well so and this is a good scene for her talking about these illusions and stuff but absolutely no need whatsoever for her to be naked nope none whatsoever none uh i look i'm not complaining i think she's very attractive Um, i guess that was the tip order for the week yeah but just no need for it whatsoever um Tara Palmer Tomkinson is the uh, the one I was thinking of. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, not her. Um, no, not her. See, my I brain does work occasionally. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so that that scene fills the tick quota, as you say. Um, we get some good stuff again with Danny this time with Jorah. Um, yes. Jorah speaks sense to her. You know, he warns her about treating men as beasts, um, I, and basically flat out calls her a tyrant. Just yeah. basically says you you know what you, he doesn't use the word tyrant but he says you know treating men as beasts as, as less than equals and things um it's good you know and he raises a good point about ned stark as well it, yes which falls back you know it's it's very good stuff he's talking sense you know it's, it's one of those moments where i'm kind of watching it going yes yes finally yes finally um it, it is good although the thing there's a part of this this whole exchange that annoys me is that Yet again, just like last week, she has no fucking courage in her in, in well, her convictions. Exactly the what I've ended my note in. You know, it's, it's his speech is great, but her mind is just so easily changed, isn't it? She's so yeah. inconsistent. Well, that was it. I mean, the whole thing of the scene before, where um, Dario comes into her, um, into her chambers unannounced with flowers, and 
that I, I, I want to, I need, I need action. I need to go and do something. Let me go and do some fucking thing. I'm not here. I'm not a policeman. I'm not here to just kind of fucking look after people. So he, he then convinces her that actually, yeah, they, the second son need to go back to Yankai to fuck some shit up. And then a couple of hours later, Jorah comes in. You can't fucking do that. We want about a stupid woman. And she changed her mind on a dime again. I said, hang on. What are you, are you in charge or not? Are you fucking ruining this place or not? I mean, to the point where, you know, I know it's it's just meant as a sort of nice handoff to the scene in a moment between them, but she even distances herself from the decision. Yeah. <laughs> she says to him, tell them you told me. Yeah, tell uh, them you changed my mind. Yeah. Said, well, hang on, that just makes you look like a shit ruler. I, I mean, I, that is that was not the intent, the intent of the no, scene. No, no, the intent was it's... it's, it's Give Jorah something, it? yeah. Yeah, it's it's, um, it's to win him back over. You know, the 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 shit. You no, know, he's still the important one in her life. You now this this other bloke is just, uh, you know, he, he he's around, but you no, know, she doesn't need him the way she needs Jorah, and it just reminds him of his position. But yeah, actually, it's when it goes fucking wrong, it's your fault. I didn't. You changed from my you 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 thought it was a good idea, not me. I yeah. I went with my advisor. You fucked up, mate. It's very yeah. much hand washing. Yeah, uh, definitely, definitely is. And to be fair, we should all be washing our hands frequently yeah, so saying happy birthday twice i like we're way past happy birthday twice now aren't we and there's, there's all sorts of other things you can say, all, all seventeen thousand verses of god save the queen i think i, I fucking i don't even know the words to the first verse um no i have no <laughs> idea it's not my fucking national anthem i don't know it's not even a fucking anthem it's a dirge yeah um i don't know never sang it in my life um okay so <laughs> That's probably going to get me in trouble. I don't yeah, care. I'm Welsh, it. not English. Absolutely. We have, we have our own Dersh to sing. I mean, it is technically the British anthem, I know, but I have my own national anthem, thank you very much, which I do know the words to. Um, anyway, getting off that almost slightly racist point, um, we love you, England, honestly. Um, Except when it comes to rugby. Then you can fuck off. Uh, yeah, then you go fuck yourselves. Um <laughs> All your lockdown rules. Don't be coming over my fucking border. Thank you very much. Yeah. Um, we digress. Uh, let's not let the real world be <laughs> our talk of fucking dragons and pits, shall we? Yes. Um, so we get another great scene with the Hound and Arya next. And this one really is special. Yes. This is, yeah, this I is love this really, scene. really good stuff. We get deep under the Hound's skin here. And we do it with subtlety. Like, it's at, at no point... Does, and, you know, earlier in this show he would have had an exposition heavy diatribe you know he would have pitched to the to the fucking back row of theater and said this is how i'm feeling and this is why and he would have had a monologue yeah we don't have any of that what we what we do instead is is we get quite a downplayed performance and we get under his skin he's angry he's angry at the situation with Arya, but it's only because he cares clearly yeah. he yeah. really cares for her his performance is really, really good, though. It's really muted. Yes. It's really low-key. And all of that just comes across. And none of it is blatantly in the text. Uh, the text is just that he's fucking angry and he's calling her all sorts and he's pissed off. The, but he's not. And we've all been there and we all yeah. know what that is like. He is angry at himself. He's angry at himself because he's allowed himself to start caring for this girl who he should just be. She's essentially... Uh, she was a coin purse to him when this yeah. started, but now he cares and he's angry about that because now he has to actually look after her. Yeah. Um, it's wonderful. Really well played scene. Um, yeah. Best of the episode, in fact, I would say. And, yeah. and there are a lot of good scenes in this episode, but he is fucking superb in this yes. scene. Um, so that's really good. And then just when you think this episode can't get any better, it's fucking hot pie. Yeah. Um, how great is it to see Hot Pie, honestly? <laughs> I know I know he's fucking useless, but he's just one of those characters that you but just he's, go... he's disarming the innocent, he? he? is, yeah. Like, he, straight away, there's a smile on your face when you see him, isn't there? Yeah. Um, and especially because, you know, we, we thought we'd seen the last of him, let's be honest. I mean, yeah. okay. we know we hadn't because we've seen the show before, but yeah. you know what I mean? Like, his, his story, for all intents and purposes, was kind of done. Yeah, he saw exactly. Arya off with a wolf bread, and that was that. Yeah. Um, but no, here he is, talking, to, talking to um, to Brienne, and just the the way he just takes a seat and starts yeah. talking about the pies is just hilarious. But and, and again, we get a nice callback as well to the very early bit where he's like, "Well, he must be a knight. He's in armor." Yes. And so Brienne's in armor, so she must be a knight. And she's like, "No, you stupid fucking twat. Of course, I'm not a fucking knight. I'm a woman. Can't be a knight." 
you know, her, her response it's, it's absolutely incredulous yeah but I, again because because of who it is you just say oh bless him yeah, it's. I mean, it's a great comic relief scene, but moreover, it does move their story forward as well. Yes. Yeah. Um, in fact, this this collection of scenes because we get sort of we get this scene with Hot Pie where he's very very funny sitting down talking about the pies and stuff as well. Like, that's just absolutely hilarious. Then we get Pod um, sort of trying to to educate Brienne, thinking, sort of slightly stepping above his station, but talking sense. Yeah. But slightly kind of stepping above his station, saying, no, I don't think he should be waving the Stark name around and things like that. Um, and then, of course, Hot Pie comes yeah. back out and, and gives them the information, which we all knew he was going to do. Yeah. Um, but so you get a lot out of that. What, what you get is you get an evolution of the relationship between Brienne and Pod. You get the comedy from Hot Pie. You get the lovely, sweet callback with the wolf bread. It's very, yeah. very sweet. Very, 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 very nice. Um, but the collection of scenes there as a whole does a lot to give a kind of sense of pace and urgency and forward momentum to this stuff going on with Pod and Brienne. You know, they have a clear mission, yeah. probably the most clear at this point out of anybody in the show. We know what they're doing and it feels like they're off on a quest, on a mission. Yeah. We have clear forward momentum with them. They've just, they've just sort of picked up the trail, essentially. They've got their first clue and they're off. Um, and that's nice. It's it's nice to just feel that kind of sense of direction um, yeah. in a show that meanders a hell of a lot. Let's be fair. Yeah, and one other thing we did get as well is this um, callback to um, I think it's the scene, it might be the first scene, uh, first episode of the uh, the series, where Pod is going through all the fucking flags and sigils like we've done a million times before on the show. Yes, that was but excellent. All of a sudden, it's like, well, how do you know that? No, how do you know that Sansa's aunt is like Lysa Aaron, who was married to John Aaron? Was, Oh well, Lord Tywin, uh, Lord Tyrion made me learn it because it was important. That yeah. is that is done really well. It's I really thought that was excellent it's, because it's not we, the fucking chapter and verse we've had time and time again. It was a really nice touch. And we and complained then, like fuck about that back at the start as well. Yeah, well, well not 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 just the start. We played it all the way through. But um, so we get to that point where they they lit them. They literally come to a fork in the road, and and she's like, "Are you sure of us?" No, but she because she you knows she trusts the fact that he does. No, he's not as fucking useless as he appears. And he does know stuff, and he, you know, he is helping her as much as she you knows she's helping him. And yeah, it's it's kind of it's it's a nice it's a nice evolution of their relationship. But also, it's 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 something that pays off finally that we've had, you know, we've talked about so many times. But it pays off for, for people in and in a way that it, it never should have. I mean, if you, you know, you'd think of where Bran's having his fucking history lessons in the first first couple of episodes. Never would you have thought four years later somebody else is expounding the wisdom of those lessons. Yeah, um, it's. It is really, I yeah, I was really quite satisfied to see all of that pay off. I still don't think we need all of the exposition that we had at the start, but no. the fact that it actually paid off in a story reason, I was kind of like, I, I, I gave him a slow clap there. I was like, <laughs> all right, guys, I'll shut my fucking stupid mouth here now because, all right, that you paid that off. So yeah. fair play to him. Um, that, that However, was really when, nice. when we come to the end of this episode, remind me... Um, I, I still have something about fucking sigils and flags and shit like that to do with this episode. Hey, if you want to fuck flags, that's up to you. But I will remind that's... you at the end of the episode. Well, you know, winter's coming. It's cold. <laughs> we're in the we're in the fucking middle of summer and it's scorching hot at the moment. Uh, hottest so... day of the fucking year, I know. Yeah, uh, and I'm locked in a room with a computer, no ventilation because that leads to noise. Yeah. Same. Uh, yeah, door not... shut behind me because the fucking kids are still up. Yep, not pleasant. Um, so it's a little bit warm in here, but yeah, yeah. winter is still coming apparently. Uh, apparently so. Um, so yeah, I, I really like that collection of scenes. Um, yeah. We get Oberyn and Tyrion. Um, yes. I've got quite a lot to say about this actually. Um, yeah, shoot. My love for Oberyn has been well documented already. I think he's fantastic. And this scene does a lot to heighten that even more. Um, yes. First and foremost, he gets my favorite line of the episode. Um, it is rare to meet a Lannister who shares my enthusiasm for dead Lannisters. Is yeah. brilliant. And the delivery is, is pitch perfect. Yeah. Um, very, very good. Um, Oberyn is very good in the scene. Tyrion, however, is wonderful. Peter Dinklage does absolutely superb work here with very, very little dialogue. Well, yes, yeah, so he doesn't have a great deal to do in this scene, um, but what he does is fantastic, and it, it really does allow Oberyn to to, um, to to get his teeth into it. It, it gives Oberyn centre stage, which is what's needed. Um, this is his his hero moment, essentially. Oberyn is is stepping up. Yes. Um, I'll cover more of my thoughts on that next week. Um, yeah. But at this point, you know. I, 
and as we watch this show, I have to try and remember that we're re-watching it an episode at a time. So even though I know where this goes, yeah, we have to kind of take it moment to moment. And what's going on so far and what's been going on this season is we've introduced Obring as this new kind of charming character on his own mission and his own quest. And, yeah. and it just so happens that that now kind of dovetails into Tyrion's and it gives us chance to set up this this huge hero arc for him. He gets the slow build through his through his speech. You know, he builds himself up, and then it ends on this hero shot of him. And it's it's hair raising stuff. The dialogue is excellent. The performance is excellent. The direction is excellent. Like it builds slowly to him, essentially in a low angle shot, saying, "I will be your champion." Yeah, it's it's excellent stuff. Like it's it's textbook hero shots. Um, brilliant. And and it gets you totally pumped and totally behind Oberyn, and yeah. and you feel like this is just the like again, just like we've had with Brienne and Pod. This is the first step on his journey. Like his first obstacle is the mountain, so yeah. he will take the mountain down. And if need be, you know, maybe one day you'll have to cross swords with Tyrion. But right now, the first step is the mountain, so yeah. he will take him down. And you genuinely believe he's going to do it. Yeah, absolutely. Like, he's got the hero shot. He's set up for it. Wonderful, wonderful scene. I, I mean, like I said, it's textbook. I, I don't think it can be improved. Uh, no, the music right. swells as well. You get so you get the low angle shot. It's great. Let's yeah. put a pin in that until next week yeah. when I am going to blow my fucking top. You have been warned. Um <laughs> I might just get. I might just start the episode with you and then take coffee on this. And I gotta be honest. I mean, we may as well just not bother watching next week's episode. Just give me <laughs> an hour and change, and I'll tell you everything that's wrong with the end of it. Um, well, to, to be fair, we know the guys who run the network. So if you want an hour and change to rant, you carry on. Yeah, well, I guess so. I'll, I'll get onto it next week because I. <laughs> ah no, I'm not going to get into it now. I'm, I'm very, 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 very annoyed with where Oberyn's story goes. Very annoyed. And I, yeah. I insinuated as much as soon as it started. Yes. Um, so I, I I, kind of understand why they did it. I just don't think it was executed correctly, uh, no. as is, you know, part yeah. of the course of the show, really, isn't it? Yeah, pretty um, much. But anyway, more on that next week. For now, really good stuff for Oberyn. Yes. Um, Sansa fucking smiles again. Yeah, That's I was a bit scared. scared. Twice, in fact, so that's three times in two episodes. That's like uh, that's that more than the entire show thus far, I think. Yeah, that, um, that's a sign of impending doom. Uh, yeah, well, I mean, it escalates pretty fucking quickly. This situation, doesn't it? Well, yeah, <laughs> it, it does. But you know, there's uh, there's a reason why inbreeding is a bad thing. Yeah, um, yeah, fucking hell, it it goes from zero to a hundred very quickly. In fairness, I think Sansa is bang out of order to begin with. Um, Yes, the kid's an annoying little snot rag, but you know, I it's know, not like he him. It's not like he deliberately knocked the fucking tower over, is it? Like he's a kid. He, he kids are clumsy and stupid and enthusiastic. Yeah. But there's two sides to it because I mean, first firstly, you know, she's supposed to be hiding, yeah? Mm-hmm. She's supposed to be Baelish's fucking niece, who nobody knows who she is. She they start finding fucking snow castles of Winterfell everywhere. They're gonna work it out. <laughs> yeah. I mean also, I'm not being funny, like even even the best like sand sculpture artists like make approximations of things at best. Yeah, like that's a pretty fucking detailed snow model of winter. Like she's not fucking Elsa, is she? So no, that's right. Um, where's that so, coming from? Yeah, and, and at no point have we ever seen any sort of no creativity or flair or anything from her no. apart from fucking moaning. Um, but yeah, so we get that, and she makes this thing, and yeah, yes, okay, he's clumsy. Yeah, no, yes, she overreacted by saying, "Oh, you've ruined it. I'm gonna have to do it all again." That was a stupid thing to say because you no, know, it wasn't ruined. It, it was he knocked one bit over, but then he acted like a fucking three year old and had a proper tantrum and kicked the living shit out of it until it was until it did fall down. He, you know, he, kicked, he kicked it in the balls until it was dead. Um, and so, in, on that from that perspective, I did twat at him as well because he was being an annoying little cunt. I like that she belted him. Don't yeah. get me wrong, um, but her initial her initial reaction, I think. Oh, you ruined, yeah. Bear in mind, they were having, up until this point, a fairly sweet moment. Yeah, Um, she was being, no, she was being very nice. He was was being a noxious little shit because he's a child. She was being quite nice to him. She was being quite sweet because she knows the plan is that she's going to have to marry him. So, no, she was doing all this of the, no, an evolution of the doe-eyed crap she was doing with Joffrey in season one. 
Yeah. But again, just showing her you know, that she is a bit a bit wiser. She you know, she she knows it's a game now. She's a bit you know, she she knows that she's not marrying for love. She you know, she's going to be married off to presumably Robin at this point. Um, and so she's kind of going with it, and and that's kind of working for her. But then yeah, she overreacts. He overreacts, and she decks him. And I thought that was great that that she hit him. Yeah, I mean the fact that as I say, I think her initial reaction. Yeah, was a little bit overboard, but to be fair, she's been through a lot of stuff and she's got a hair trigger um, as a result of that. And that's something that we will see throughout the show as well. Yeah. She Sooner or later, she snaps. And when she yeah. does, she snaps big style. It doesn't yes. just happen here. It'll happen later in the show as well, yes. several times. So for whatever yeah. reason, he's just pushed her to that point where the hair trigger goes. Yeah. Um, now, if so, you want to look for symbolism as well, which I don't think is the case, because let's be fair, it's the fucking Wonder Twins. Um, but if you want to look for symbolism, again, now she she's trying to recreate her home and it's been destroyed again. So no, her, her reaction is, you know, if, if you were looking to read into her reaction, that's kind of it. It's that no, she, she can't, she's struggling to remember as it is. Something so then there. Comes up. Yeah, you know, it's, yeah, there's something there actually. Yeah, there's, there's, there's a, you know, if, if you want, if you want to look into it in that, in that sort of depth and that sort of, you know, that sort of, but that sort of logic, then yeah, it's her, you no, know, her home has been taken from her and taken from her and taken from her. She's trying to rebuild it. She's trying to do something to keep it alive in her memory or whatever it is. And then this not those little fucking kid just comes and steps on it. But he didn't do it on purpose. No, he, he didn't. But, that's a, that, but you know, I, I get this all the time with the kids. Okay, something might have been an accident. That doesn't make the hurt any less. I didn't. I didn't mean to run you over my car. Oh, that's right. It doesn't matter. You broke both my legs. Yeah, no, you're right. I get that. But then there's also, you know, I didn't mean to run you over. I'm sorry. And you can begrudgingly accept that apology, um, or you can just say, you know, fuck off or whatever. But she blows a fucking gasket. Oh yeah, <laughs> that's the, that's you completely well. ruined it. And when in reality. What he's done is probably erased an hour's worth of work, and she just needs to redo that. Well, give, but given how fucking how good she was, it's probably twenty seconds to put that yeah. back up. But be because fair. of her she reaction, more than running Mister Frosty. That's all she yeah. fucking did. Yeah, exactly because of her reaction, he then kicks the shit out of it. Which, if she'd have just been a bit more cool to start with, he might have even said, "Oh, I'm really sorry. I'll help you rebuild it." Yeah. And then you just say, "No, no, no. You've done enough. Thank you very much," or whatever. Yeah. But no. She but to be fair, I, I I don't think even if he if she had just gone, oh it's okay, I need, I just need to rebuild that bit. I don't think he has it in him to apologise anyway because he's you know, he's an entitled fucking breastfeeder at the age of twelve. I don't know. He definitely knows he's done wrong. You can see it on his face when he does it. He knows that he's done wrong by destroying that tower. Mm-hmm. Um, but so, again, there's knowing you've done wrong and there's knowing that you should be sorry about or actually being sorry about it, which is, I think a steps too far for him. Yeah, maybe, but I, I still think she just she's oh, yeah. straight on the attack with him. I think it's it's just a little bit harsh. Um, and I, there are characters where I think you know if Cersei, if this would have been Cersei, for instance, you go, yeah, fair. Yeah, had, that's, had that's who that she is. Joff, had had that been Joffrey doing something, and Joffrey would just him. fucking shot him. Yeah, that's it. He'd have been fucking executed straight away. You'd go, yeah, uh, fair. But, but because we haven't seen this out of Sansa, yeah, and instead of it just slow building, all of a sudden she just. I need to click my fingers. All of a sudden, she just snaps with him. Yeah. Sorry, I wish you had clicked your fingers. I was opening a drink at the same time as the master. <laughs> um, it, it just feels a little bit off, but not so much that it really bothers me. It does just feel a little bit off. Um, yeah. But as I say, this is this is part of the evolution of the character, really. Um, I like That's that she takes fair. charge. I like that yeah. she belts him. Yeah. Um, and to be fair, even the fact he's an annoying little cunt rag is not the worst part of this scene. No, not at all. I tell you what I did really like in this scene, um, and and it's such a small detail, but if you look to the, well, if you look to screen right of Sansa, yeah. she swept all the snow from that side of the screen. The snow yes. is, is a clear track mark where she's yeah. gathered it. And that's some that real nice fucking nice attention to detail. Top marks for the art director there. That's yeah. real um, good stuff. Yeah, um, I, was, I, I did spot that actually, and it's, it's rare I spot stuff for that. But so that was uh, that was a really nice touch. I thought that was great. Yeah, I was, I was, because that's the kind of shit I look for. And straight away, I was like, "Well, where'd all the snow come from?" Oh, okay, oh, shut my stupid mouth. And that's that, the second yeah. time this episode. Yeah. Fair enough. That, that is the sort of thing. To be fair, that most shows were just going, "Well, the shit, we've got a shitload of snow. We've got this prop. Happy days." No, job. that would have been hand waved. That like totally, yeah, it would have just been completely ignored. Yeah, you would have just had a blanket of white snow in this thing in the middle, but. That's that's real nice attention to detail. I'm, I was very impressed with that. Yeah. Um, yeah that so then enter Littlefinger. Um, he's 
I've said it many, many times now, but when he's good, he's really good, and he's fucking great here. I think he is creepy as all I was hell. Say, I mean the. The, the the exchange they have is fine, and he's you know, he's talking about Catelyn and all that sort of stuff, and then he says, "No, you're 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 just like her, but more beautiful." It was a fucking sentence ago. You were saying that in, no, in another world you could have been my daughter. Yeah, and then he starts, and then he fucking slips on the tongue. I said, like, "Hang on, what the fuck?" He's creepy as that, all hell, and his tone is creepy. Just, I don't fucking need his his tone is just so measured and yeah. calm, and oh, it's uh, yeah, it's, it's a wonderful performance. Yes, it's it's. Horrible. It's creepy, it's creepy as all hell. Yeah, I, I, fantastic though, because that's clearly what we're going for, and yeah. very good, very unnerving, um, and just really makes he makes your skin crawl. He really yes. does. Which is uh, what he's there for. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Um, so that's very good, and then of course we get the inevitable moon door because that's where we are. Yeah. Um, again, the moon door's handled very well. You know, it's we get it at the start of the scene. And it's just like it was last time. It's Chekhov's gun. It's there. So someone's fucking going through it. We've drawn attention to it. Someone is obviously going through the moon door. Yeah. Uh, The only problem with that is that they've already played it off. So we know what happens with the moon door. And there are only three people in the scene. I know this is Game of Thrones. So anything can happen at any point. Yeah. But there's one person who's clearly less important than the other two, isn't there? Yes. Pretty fucking well, obvious what's going to happen. Yeah, now you say that, right? You say that there's one person who's, who's clearly less important. Were it not for Lysa or Alyssa Aaron, mm-hmm. none of this fucking happens. None of what happens? Game of Thrones. Oh, because right, okay. If, if this doesn't happen, John Aaron doesn't die. Ned doesn't become Hand of the King. Ned doesn't go south to uh, to the capital. Ned doesn't find out all the shit about uh, Robert's children not being Robert's children. Ned doesn't get beheaded. Rob doesn't go to war. None of it fucking happens. There's a lot of that in this show, in there, but yeah, you're right. It's it's no, it's, it's it's the gunners on on uh, it's in Star Wars not shooting down the the the, the, the escape pod. If they shoot that down. The R two D two C three period. Very the very beginning of a New Hope. That doesn't fucking happen either because the droids don't get to Tatooine and none of the story happens. Yeah, and it's, there's so many threads like this. But you've got these two characters who are in well, they are they are side pieces. Let's be fair. No, they're not main characters at all. They're they're sort of a side show. But without the two of them, we don't have a show. No. And we get fucking what eighty hours of our lives back. Yeah, shame, really, isn't it? Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, you're right. You're absolutely right. She's integral to the plot. Um, that can be said, as I say, of many characters. Um, there are a very specific series of events that lead. It, it's it's a chain reactionary show, isn't it? Yes. Is, which quite often is the problem is is that things are reactionary. Yes. Um, then you get complete out of nowhere fucking events like the Red Wedding, yeah. where you just stop that chain and you and you sever a part of it immediately and go, well, right, hang on, then what the fuck? Uh, and then it never picks back up again. That's that's the problem. Well, that's um, it. For, for every one of these shock events, and we have one, we have one every year. For every one of these shock events, it's like no. For people who are running a TV show, you can go right. Well. This is what take, carries our momentum. So if this happens, we need to work out how we we don't arrest that momentum, how we keep it moving forward. Where what picks up and what picks up the slack, and what takes that forward, what impact that has on the story. Yeah. In this show, they kind of go, "Well, who's popular? What can we do to fucking shock people? What's the biggest, most fucking heinous thing we can do? The most stressful, the most gory, the most vicious, the most violent, the most completely fucking pointless thing we can do that'll get people talking." You're just trying to fucking wind me up for next week now, aren't you? No, you are just you are just waving a fucking <laughs> red rag at a bull right now. <laughs> no, I wouldn't do that. Really, um, but, but yeah, you're right. They do, and and they'll just sever entire branches of this story. And then when when you actually look back at something like this, where you're able to actually follow the story all the way back through, when it comes to a, I mean, Lissa's story here comes to um, I would say a fitting end. It's not. I mean, she could maybe have a part to play still in the future because of who she is, but it certainly makes sense the way she goes out. Yes. Um, whereas so many of those other story branches are closed and, and it's not fitting and you just feel like it's been severed. So when you can follow her chain reaction and, as you say, go back to a thing where all along, like none of this actually happens without her involvement. Yeah. It's such a shame when you, you look at other story branches and try and trace them back and see how they've knocked on to everyone else as yeah. well. Well, that's it. I mean, even even looking at um, 
that even looking at John at the wall, John would have still gone to the wall. John was always going to the wall because he was Ned's bastard, and that's fine. But he'd have gone to the wall. People might have had an initial dislike, but he'd have won him over because he's a very charismatic character and all the rest of it. But Ned doesn't go south. Ned doesn't get executed as a traitor. Therefore, they don't treat John as a traitor's bastard. He doesn't have that double stigma. So he, he's not going to be treated as badly. So that his 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 relationship with people like Alistair Thorne on the wall, or on the wall, they're not going to be so bad. And no, um, Ned's Robert brother, Ben, Robert's will be alive. Benjamin is no, Benjamin's around somewhere, so he's part of the watch. So obviously, John is going to get, get respect that way. So every single strand of this doesn't come to pass, with the exception of um, with the exception of Danny to a point. But then, even when her story intersects, that wouldn't happen either. That that intersection wouldn't be there because the events that have taken other characters wouldn't have happened. Yeah. So it's it, for for a non character that Lisa Aaron is. Um, yeah, quite fucking important. Yeah, I guess I guess she is. But um, in terms of our ongoing narrative, um, yeah, you know, we've got Stark and we've got Littlefinger, who I think it's fair to say is one of the main villains in the show at this point. Oh yeah, uh, or what? At least one of the most clearly villainous characters, anyway. Well, we are kind of missing a villain at this point, aren't we? Because I mean, Tywin and Cersei have kind of been set up as they're just fucking assholes, and that that's the way they always are. But they're not doing anything any more assholic than they normally do. They're just no. playing politics. Yeah, I Whereas mean that's one of the that's one all... of the strengths of this show, though. I think, isn't it? Is that there is no yeah, there is no, no overarching villain. villain. Yeah, no. and, and and that's that's fine to a point. But you you need a stronger antagonist than we've got. I think we've got lots of little yeah. antagonisms. We haven't got a clear threat to anyone. We haven't. No, but then I think that's part of the of the narrative that we have is that everyone exists in this shade of grey there are very few um truly heroic characters uh, and there are very few truly villainous characters in fact i don't think anyone is true ones not even john as we've we've talked about in the past you know mm. john started to question his own morality several times already yeah. um even like oberin had the big hero shot but you know essentially he's on a vengeance quest yes so you know, and and then when you look at the Lannisters, like, and several times we've spoke about them and said, well, yeah, but you know, you kind of understand where they're coming from. I think maybe the exception would have been Joffrey, who clearly was just an absolute cunt well, and a villain. Jo- I mean, Joffrey was kind of what you expect from inbreeding, wasn't he? Yeah, he I was mean, just he... not quite hinged. He wasn't quite all there. No, so you, so you could argue that he's a, a straight antagonist, I suppose. Um, yeah, Ramsay, I guess. Um, but but, but even then, I mean, it's not it's not explicitly dealt with at the moment. But his interactions with Roose Bolton, it's all no. Yes, okay, he's a fucked up little turd. But a lot of his motivation is that he was he's been deprived of a of a, of a father and any and that sort of discipline and that sort of relationship. And he's trying to go out of his way to show that he is no. He's become what well, he's become. No, he's become worthy of the family's name and the the family's sigil, the flayed man by doing the really fucking heinous, fucked up shit he's been doing. So even that, there's a, there's an attention fucking grab there, even with Ramsey. Yeah, so I, I do think that's the strength of the show. That there, But you are right as well, you know, every every good protagonist needs an equally good antagonist. Yeah. Um, but I, I think the show does well to balance that amongst its stories. You know, there are clear warring factions and there are clear antagonists for every protagonist. And depending on which side of the fence you decide to come down. I'm, like, I'm sure there are people out there, and, I, and to be honest, I'm I'm quite on the fence myself. There are people out there who are Team Lannister, I'm sure, um, because it's possible to be that. They're not out-and-out out evil at any no, point. No, that's right. At, at, no. at any point. I don't even think Cersei, at her worst, is out-and-out out evil. You understand where she's coming from and what she wants. Well, um, so, so when we when we get to uh, to later episodes, we you can, we can discuss that one again. When she becomes the the mustache twirling pantomime well, villain, yeah. But he, well, when she fucking become, when she becomes the emperor, she's standing on the fucking bridge of the Death Star watching the world burn. Yeah, I yeah, I, even Danny. But you know, much will be said about Danny when we get there. But they do go to lengths to try and show to paint her in good light and bad light as well. There's there's a rationale behind all of it. Yeah. No, no. I say nobody is just. I say nobody's just there because they want to be slaughtering babies and um, fucking shit up. Everybody there has no. Every well, for the most part, everybody there has some part in the story. Everybody has a bit of agency. Everybody has some sort of backstory. Everyone has sort of some sort of humanity to them. Even your, you know, even your, um, your. No, I say again, not your central characters, but no, people like the Hound. 
no, there is they, they try to be there's a great deal of effort spent on trying to humanize them as far as you possibly can. Yeah. And I mean, so, I think the fact that no, the hound's on the list and, and that the hound is, no, he's still a, no, he was still a killer and he's still a fucking arsehole for most of the, most of the time. They've done some work to try and rectify that. Yeah. Um, it's occurred to me a couple of minutes into this conversation, and this is a mark of one of the major things wrong with the show, that it does actually have a key antagonist and they are void of humanity, and they are clearly evil, and they do murder babies. But they're not uh, fucking there. But they're not fucking there, ever. And that's why it's taken me a couple of minutes to remember they're even in the fucking show. I, 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 I had the same thing. About 30 seconds, 40 seconds in, I thought, oh, hang on, we have, we have actually, but we have, we, got but, we have but we don't, because they're not used. And yeah. their part of the story is completely fucking overlooked for eight seasons. Yeah, fuck. Yeah. Uh, it's also the thing I can't believe I didn't jump on that straight away because it's also the thing that I hate the most about the fucking show um, so as much as I do appreciate all of the areas of grey and all of the warring factions and, and the fact that anybody can be a protagonist and an antagonist um, that's all on the, the human battle for the throne if you like side of the story yeah um, not the there battle is a, the humanity side there's a clear black and white there and that's the bit that I've always found more interesting so that's yeah that's the problem i guess is that we didn't get an ending where everybody had to put the or everybody that was left at least had to put their differences aside hmm. for the sake to of battle that key antagonist yeah anyway we're getting way ahead of ourselves we're supposed to be talking about lysa going through the moon door um yeah which she does um like it's executed well, but if you couldn't see it come in the second little finger starts walking towards her oh absolutely yeah then and especially you know again he's very very good here but it really is it's another fucking mustache twirling line like when he says i've only ever loved one woman and takes yeah. the pregnant pause yeah. like oh jesus christ really like he, he executes it perfectly and that's what he's been told to do yeah. clearly but you get the big pregnant pause before he says your sister dun, dun, dun. yeah like oh jesus but look he pulls it off he absolutely pulls it off yeah. Um, a lesser actor could have really made a meal of that, um, but well, he doesn't. Kind of, kind of like she did, to be honest, because you get the close-up of her where her face just sort of drops. Yeah, and it's like, oh fuck, really? That was, he, that's the shot you went with. He just has one of the best evil smiles, I think, in all of TV. Like it's it's so, it's just this smirk, this half crook yes. smirk that he does. Um, we'll see it later on. Um, um, one of the uh, so towards um, the end of season seven, I think it is. Um, or maybe season six, I can't remember. It's, um, there's there's a, there's a a scene that she's in again where you get this 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 really from shitty Dean Smoke, and you want somebody who's going to slap the fucking lips off him. It's it's brilliant, isn't it? Because it's not a full on evil grin. It's just enough of a fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it is. It's it's it just looks I, like it's, thoroughly it's enjoying itself. Yeah, it, it's absolutely perfect because you know that's what that character is. He's yeah, an absolutely. Talk Womble. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And he knows what he is as well. Oh, yeah, completely. And he's and he's not ashamed of it for a second. No. Um, so, so yeah, uh, there goes Lysa through the Mundo. How dare she threaten the Stark? Because, you know, I, who would so, threaten well, the Stark to, in this show? Well, I mean, to be fair, normally books are quite well. Cause yeah, that's what up. I'm saying. It, yeah. yeah. You know, generally, if you're going to fight a Stark, you're probably going to come off in the upper hand, aren't you? Unless it's yeah. Arya. So. Well, I was going to say, that, that's how useless this woman is. That she can't even take the fucking lamest, most useless Stark at this point, apart from Rickon. I was going to uh, say, hang on. So, yeah, she's she's still not the most useless. Well, no, there's Rickon who's just fucking disappeared because you know, puberty's a bitch. Um, I mean, look, and, at this point, Bran is still pretty fucking useless as well. But Bran has some abilities now. Like Bran can do He's shit. He's a warg at this point, I suppose, can't he? Yeah. So there, there's a, there is presumably a point to this with story with Bran, whereas Rickon they've kind of sent him off because they don't want to deal with him anymore. Yeah, because what's he got to do? Yeah. Well, let's be fair. When when we see him again, what's he got to fucking do as well? Uh, pretty much, yeah. Um, so, so yeah, there's our, you know, there's our big ending. Um, shock death, or maybe not. Maybe not. Yeah. Again, it's it's kind of, it's it's a very throwaway death, though. It means fucking nothing. It means nothing. Um, I'm 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 kind of okay with it though because she is a character. Say so yes, I, I appreciate that she has a big effect on. But on she's not. What's, 
but she's, but not, she's a not a key character, so I think it's fine. I think her death is fitting. You know, she's batshit crazy, and this all wraps up into the fact that, you know, she's gone fatal attraction, so it makes sense that Littlefinger should kill her to free himself and Sansa. Yeah. Um, all... And it just it pushes Littlefinger further into his own web of deception as well. So it's all, it all works fine for me. Um, as does the episode in general. It's, it's thoroughly decent, much better than last week. Yeah, much, definitely. much, much, much better than last week. It feels like we're back on track. Um, maybe still not quite up to the giddy highs that we have had, but still solid, very good, good character work. You know, our stories are moving forward. We've got some just flat out fantastic performances in this episode um yeah it, it, it feels good to be back on track after last week i was dreading watching this week. yeah i mean what we've normally had is we'll have peaks and troughs in, in a season whereby we have a couple of good episodes and a couple of really fucking dour ones and then they'll pick up a little bit and they'll dip again this season it's of it started quite well it really picked up in the second episode when you had the uh, the purple wedding and then all of a sudden no, you had you had a good run of episodes just of no, three or four episodes which were really good in a row, yeah, which really fucking threw me. Um, and then all of a sudden, yeah, we had last week, which was like a rare return to form. I said, all right, okay, is this is this the point in the season where now all of a sudden it goes tits up again, just after the halfway point where they kind of run out of steam? Yeah. Um, but yeah, this episode really did pick it up, and it's all building to next week, and that's going to be fun. Uh, yeah, book the <laughs> fucking tickets now, folks. Um, yeah, strap yourselves in. Yeah, strap yourselves in for next week. Um, I can't remember much about the majority of the episode fucking but i thumbs, know i'm man. going to be fucking annoyed by the time we get to the end fucking so, thumbs that's all i'm saying uh, yeah um oh it's i I'm, I'm wound up already i'm fucking i'm boiling already um yeah you've got you've got a week to calm down before you go there again yeah uh well i haven't because i'm gonna have to watch it in a couple of days and i and then i'm oh, just yeah, gonna that's be true, yeah. fucking stewing on it all bastard week um <laughs> Yeah, that's gonna be. Yeah, fun. get ready. I'm not gonna bury the lead, guys. I don't fucking like what happens in next week's episode one fucking bit. Part of that yeah. is personal taste. I'll be honest, and I have been thinking about it quite a bit already, knowing that it's coming. Part of it, I think, is personal taste. Um, yeah, that's fair. Uh, a lot of it, though, is the execution of what happens as well. So, I'll yeah. go into more detail next week. Yeah. Uh, we'll in the meantime, if, if you know what I'm talking about, if you if you're watching along for the second time as well, and you have thoughts on next week, then send them in. Uh, if you're coming from the same place as I am, then or if great, you're not. back me up. If you're not, definitely let me know because I am convinced a big part of it might be personal taste. Um, yeah, I think that'll play a part of it. I mean, I remember um, say watching it and coming out of the episode just going, "Really? That's it. That's the that was the the whole that was the culmination of that." Yeah. Ah, fuck. Right. So yeah, I mean, I I, I I don't think I'm as passionate about it as you are, um, from the sounds of it. Um, but we'll find out next week. But I think yeah, there's there's gonna be a lot to be said next week. Um, but yeah, reason to tune in again next week, folks. Um, as as Chris said, um, if you do have um, thoughts on on what's coming, um, and you want to share them with us, or you want to want to have a chat about, it, by all means, get in touch. Um, on Twitter at ddpodcastnet, uh, on Facebook with the Double M Podcast Network. Um, you can go to our website, ddpodcast.net, and get in touch with us through there. Uh, you can also find our past episodes of this show, our other shows as well. Um, yeah, so uh, get in touch um, wherever you get your podcasts from, be it iTunes, Spotify, Google, Stitcher, or any other million places that um, podcasts exist, where we probably are. Um, yeah, leave us a review, leave us a like, um, get in touch that way, and again, we'll get back to you if we can. Uh, but until next time, game over.